Hey guys, uh, this is your host, Ryan Sebastian. Again, I do want to thank you for making this podcast a part of your day today. Uh, This week's episode is on a topic I really believe that majority of us listening uh, into this today struggle with within our ministries, specifically if you have some form of a small group element Uh, within your ministry. And that's this uh, struggle with teaching a small group or facilitating a small group. And what is the difference between the two and which one is better than the other? But before we get in that, I want us to dive in and listen to our sponsors. Youth and Culture is brought to you by Covenant Eyes. Covenant Eyes is an online accountability and content blocking software for your mobile device or your computer designed to protect the entire family. Today, with 90% of boys and 70% of girls being exposed to pornography online and 56% of divorce cases listing porn use as a factor It's more important than ever to protect your home. Click the link at the bottom of the show notes, sign up for Covenize, and start protecting your home today. You know, I just realized something. I just realized that for some of you listening, you are new to the podcast, maybe only listening for a few episodes and don't know much about our sponsors or our partners, Covenant Eyes. Covenant Eyes, again, I would, if you have not connected with them and to learn more about them, I would encourage you to do that. There are some links to the show notes. And this Covenant Eyes will actually help you to, and provide you with tools to help you with your ministry, with your students, to help combat uh, this area of pornography and sexual addictions. Uh, within your ministry, within your personal lives, uh, and with the lives of your peers, and be able to connect. It's a phenomenal resource. Definitely recommend getting into it because it's a major issue uh, within the church at large. Uh, how many of y'all? I don't. I don't know if this describes you, but it, it's described me in the past when I uh, led a small group. I was uh, just starting seminary and started serving at a a very large uh, youth group and was a small group leader. And we had questions that we had to ask after the lesson that kind of corresponded for what was taught. And I can just sit there remembering in my early 20s, reading these these questions, waiting to get a response with these senior high guys and all of them just staring me in the face like deer, uh, deer in a headlight and not saying a word. 
I'm like, can you just talk? Why aren't you talking? I can just remember asking questions, waiting for my group to respond or somebody respond and almost getting nervous and having sweaty palms and then I and felt feeling like I had to interject and cut through all the silence. Uh, so small group ministry is something I've always struggled with when I was actually serving in lay ministry and this concept between facilitating and teaching. I didn't learn until later on what the difference was and reality, which one is actually more effective in discipling teenagers and also in reality helping them to retain the information that was taught in the lesson or information that you're trying to teach them and disciple in a small group setting. So I'm very excited to, uh, for us, our interview today, we're, we get to talk to Justin Knowles specifically about this topic. So stay tuned for this week's episode. Hey guys, I am super, super excited about our guest today. Um, we get the I get the privilege to talk to Justin Knowles uh, today. And uh, Justin, of course, I think your name kind of rings a little bit for some anybody who is in the podcast world, specifically for listening to youth ministry. Also, I know you were a breakout speaker at YS. Um, as well. But just in case for those who are listening who do not know who you are, how about you kind of introduce yourself a little bit uh, and kind of your journey in uh, in ministry? Yeah. Um, Well, one, thanks for having me on your podcast. Um, Been listening to yours as well. Um, Kind of follow like all the the youth ministry, you know, podcasts that's out there in the scene. Um, So appreciate you having me on. Um, Love it. My you know, I've been 12, 12 years in student ministry. Um, for me, I, I'm currently at uh, Sandals Church in Riverside, California. Uh, I've only recently been here for, this is like six months on staff. Um, and so uh, the previous church I was at, I was there for like six years. Uh, fun story, maybe you could have me on again at one time, but was like randomly let go there. Um, like out of nowhere and then kind of landed at Sandals, which has been such a, a really good blessing, uh, better actually than than I could have imagined and in a better role. And uh, yeah, and I get to oversee, um, we have 10 campuses and I get, to, I'm basically like the youth pastor to youth pastors. And so I get to oversee and work with all the youth pastors at all of our campuses uh, to put on, uh, we do a midweek program and small groups and uh, help them put those on so it's it's a blast like i'm 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 in a fun spot right now and it's been really cool being here and so i also do a lot of stuff with dym download youth ministry um i do a lot of i have my own podcast called youth ministry hacks uh that me and a couple of buddies go on and we just talk about hacks and student ministry um i write for them um write curriculum for them 
I'm a, I'm a big fan of DYM. I just put it that way. I just do a lot. I do a lot for them um, with Josh and Doug and, and all that stuff. So yeah, that's pretty good. I have a wife, have two kids, uh, one newborn, one two and a half. And uh, uh, we live in Chino, California. I don't know what else. I like uh, I like burgers and french fries. <laughs> Tell me when to stop. I can keep going. <laughs> um, you're, you're good, man. I, I, I do have to ask a question because I know, you. of course, you just had uh, a newborn. Are you getting any sleep yet? Well, that's like the thing is like people, you know, ask that. One, I'm a heavy sleeper. And then two, there's really not much I could do in the beginning stages. Like I don't offer anything besides moral support. Um, and, you know, with the second kid now, my wife's like, just go back to bed. Like you, you, you don't need to do anything. <laughs> um, and so I'm like, all right, just wake me up if you need me then. Because I, I literally, I slept through my alarm this morning. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. um, and so I'm a, I'm a heavy sleeper, so it doesn't affect me at all. So I'm getting great sleep. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my wife, on the other hand, I don't know. He's yeah. up every like three hours or so right now. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the first child was for me, was always, it was a little, was, was of course, it's your first child. You're learning, uh, out the ropes of what it means to be a father and all that, all that jazz. And, uh, having a newborn second one when my second one came around uh it was i would have say it was a little bit easier uh i did not get up as much in the middle of the night and i actually slept a lot it was it was i had my my situation was uh kind of similar to the same thing um as well for when it comes to having a newborn but you're gonna find out having two two kids one one's great having two kids your life gets nuts and your ministry yeah, and the way I, you do ministry changes too so um of course uh uh one the topic that i wanted to talk to you and bring you on board was was uh to talk about a small group ministry um as a whole and how to lead a small group and what that looks like and the reason why I want to ask kind of bring you on board kind of ask those questions a little bit cuz I I think that a lot of not a lot I guess that's a little going a little overboard but there there's a, quite a few people uh who are in youth ministries serving maybe not necessarily the youth pastor but uh serving in youth ministries or small group leaders who don't quite understand um the role that they should play as a small group uh, leader. Uh, so one thing I do, I want to kind of ask you is should youth leaders focus on the small group part of their programming more than their large group teaching? Um, that's a good question. And I think, I think, I don't know if people like my answer or not, but that's fine. That's my opinion. You don't have to have the same one. Um, I think that that question, it's, it's always a fun one because I don't think it's an either or I, I think it's, it's a both and, um, because I, I think that the service in order to reach more students and get more students plugged in small groups, you need to focus on service, um, to get more kids in, to do outreach, to do like the events, to get kids connected. But then at the same time, like the whole purpose of doing that is to get them into groups. And so I think it depends on how, like what it is that your strategy to get, like is, is groups the main thing? And so if you want them to grow, then you need more kids in there, right? Like <laughs> you need more kids to, to continue to be involved in, in your service so that you could push in the small groups. Um, 
do I think for us, for our ministry, like to give you some context of why um, I, I say that is like our, our ministry, we have small groups a part of our night. Um, so if you come, even if you're a brand new student, you get placed into a small group that night. Um, because we, we really do feel like that's our bread and butter. Like we, we have that a part of it. And I know even at my last place, like we, it, uh, joining a small group was an option and you got to sign up for it. You know, even when I worked at, I worked at Saddleback church for, in their high school ministry for a couple of years. And there's the same thing you signed up to be in a small group. Um, so not everyone was in there. Uh, but we had more kids in small groups than we did attend the weekend service when when I was there, and so I think it's I think it's a it's a both and rather than either or. I think for me, at least for how I want to drive and how I want to continue to grow and reach students, is I want our service to be absolutely stellar. I want it to be something that new students could come in and feel like they're a part of something. But with the whole goal and purpose is to push them into small groups. Um, and make sure our small group leaders are really trained up well to incorporate these new students into our um, groups, um, even if it is their first time, even if it is they have no idea about what church is all about and why why am I being placed into a small group and I have to go talk about my feelings or something like that. You know what I mean? Like that's we oh, want to yeah. we want to embrace all of that. And so I think it's we I put emphasis on both. Like there's not one we put equal time into both is what I would say. No, I would definitely agree with that. And you made a good point uh, about uh, when it comes to unchurched kids or uh, just kids in general are familiar with church. Now, my context is a little bit different because I live in the South. Um, it's almost like a rite of passage for the average person in the South to at least attend a church uh, a few times a year. Um, it's, it's just a different culture here than, than, say, it is in California. Uh, but we have, but when it comes to, I do agree. And you made a good point when it comes to your service, uh, for as making it an excellence because of unchurched kids, you're drawing kids in and the ultimate goal, of course, plug into small groups. Um, so you made a really good point with that. And I hear in this here, I would say most, uh, I would say most, but a good chunk of, uh, churches in the South, especially specific where I'm located are smaller churches i would say the average attendance in most church churches in my county is 60 or lower which is actually uh the national average uh so those youth and ministries I, and i'm sorry i i would i'd like to pre like preface yeah like our sandals is a big it's a big church but i'd say half of our campuses meet that like we have there's we have campuses that have 19 students and then there's a campus that has like 350 students I'd say half of our campuses probably meet that like 60 and under campus, like that, that, that number that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and how you do, I would say kind of how that looks like for a large group and uh, and small group, it kind of probably varies a little bit uh, depending on the size, but I definitely agree that both of those are equally, should be equally important. Uh, but also with the understanding that uh, there's probably going to be another level of discipleship that happens within the small group. It doesn't right. always happen in a large group. Right. Correct. So uh, uh, one thing uh, when it comes to small groups that, that it's, it's something that constantly gets brought up, uh, at least to me with my, with my leaders, with other youth pastors that, 
um, I talk to here on the podcast, outside the podcast, is uh, what is uh, the difference between teaching a small group and facilitating a small group? Yeah, that's that, that's like one of the biggest things that we harp on our leaders for um, here um, is I think teaching. I think sometimes when when leaders come in, unless we are very upfront and we train them well on how to do things, I think a lot of people use it as an opportunity to, you know, teach their theology, teach what they've been reading, teach what it is that they're like, what they're learning through on their own part and they use a small group as like their own like personal platform to spew all the things that they've read like to get out of there i think it was just like the you know the college kid who's in seminary or something like that and they're like reading all these books and like they have this opportunity now to like verbally throw up on their students um of, of what's going on um and i don't think that's like i don't think that their heart's wrong i don't think that they're trying to be like you know shady or go against anything i think just naturally when we have like a, a captive audience like typically some people like to continue to teach and we always tell our leaders um hey they just heard a sermon they don't need another one um especially because it's like our small groups follow after the message so like we dismiss straight into small groups right after the message goes and so it's like hey they just spent 20 25 minutes listening to someone talk they don't need to hear you talk more um and so that's teaching and, you know, to, to have everybody sit and listen to what you have to say. Facilitating is taking what you just heard and, and, and all honesty, it's, I think it's just being more like Jesus. Jesus asked more questions than he answered questions. And so he even like answered questions with questions. And so we give like a couple questions to kind of launch off into discussion and we tell all our leaders all the time hey you're a facilitator not a teacher what that means is that you shouldn't talk more than the students your job as a small group leader is to facilitate conversation so when the conversation dies you could interject and ask a question that keeps a conversation going and there's going to be moments in there where you're going to have the opportunity to teach because your your students are going to want to know what you think. And so you get to you still get to teach and you know pour into them, but we we want our leaders to to really not talk the majority of the time. Like our job like especially like developmentally where students are at is when they're talking about it, they're processing and their brains are processing. And so we want to get them talking about all those things of the our faith so that that way they could learn and kind of be challenged and continue to grow um, in their thinking and about what they believe. Um, and so we don't want to take that away from them um, if we're the ones doing all the talking. So I, I think that's like one of the main the main differences is teaching is you like to hear yourself talk. Facilitating is you want to hear your students talk. You actually uh, said something that I'm glad you said it is um, the point that when students or when you're asking questions and students are answering those questions and they're contemplating and really thinking deep, uh, which is which is one of your goals should be your goals as smart group leaders, get them to think through the questions and what you're asking and get a little bit deeper. Uh, when they when that happens within the small group, it actually causes a, a higher level of retention of information. Uh, and that's and that's even education. The education world. My, my wife is um, 
uh, an elementary teacher and even in a teaching world, education, uh, that's a technique and a tool that they use to get kids and students to retain information. Um, and not only that, for me, at least in, in my way, my brain works is that uh, having being a facilitator uh, brings more community within a small group uh, than just a, a, a small group leader just sitting there and teaching the entire time uh, without any interaction. Uh, there's not much community going on between the small group. No, and like that's like, I think it's just a simple thing too of like if you're listening and kind of thinking like, well, how do I train our leaders how to do that? I think it's more of like, you know, when a student asks, um, you know, last night we taught on, like we went through Joshua 1, talked about like, you know, taking new territory and, and having God like with us and you know how he told Joshua to be strong and courageous and there's like three promises that, that God makes to Joshua in this whole passage and stuff like that. Instead of, you know, student asks like, well, you know, what, what did God mean by the, you know, his promise of faithfulness? Instead of you saying, like, just saying the answer is like, you bring it up and point it back to the group. Well, like, what do you think? And then like, you have your answer and you're going to have your ability to share, but it's always deferring back to the students first, you know, because they might ask you a, a point blank direct, like a question. But your job as a facilitator should point it back to the group and let some of the students talk before you do. Like you should be the last one to talk all the time before you move on to the next thing and allow like other people, other students to talk through those things. Because that's, you know, you might have seven questions, but you might only get through two because you're allowing your students to conversate. And like, like, like you said, like bring in that community and get to know what each other think a little bit. Um, Cause I think one of the coolest things is like when students go like, Oh, I didn't know that you believe that too. Or I thought I was the only one that thought this, or I thought I was the only one that was struggling with this. And when you allow your students to speak up about those things, it kind of just brings everybody together, which is the point of a small group. No, exactly. And uh, one thing that um, I tell uh, my small group leaders, cause it gets, it gets brought up and sometimes in our meetings when we, when I uh, talk about the difference between facilitating and teaching, and what it looks like. Uh, one question gets brought up and it was, what if I ask a question and nobody talks, what I, what I do in that situation? And I like to share it to my leaders, just don't be afraid of silence. Yep. Um, don't be afraid of it. Let it, let it if, there's, if, if you ask a question, you're facilitating that group and there's silence in the group, it's okay. Let that silence linger for a little bit. Kids will eventually start talking. Yep. Um, and, and every, every time, um, that one of my small group leaders have practiced that they've come to me and said, you know, you're right. It practicing silence and just pausing, not, not trying to immediately interject. Um, it gives an opportunity for kids to speak, um, in that moment. Yeah. I think silence is one of your best friends as a small group leader. Um, you know, when I, when I was leading a group, I would say, you know silence means the holy spirit's working and like you know stirring and kind of and if you wait long enough nine times out of ten they'll start answering exactly exactly uh what one other thing i I do want to ask you is uh what what are some strategies that or some practical things that uh that youth leaders uh as small group leaders or whatever role that you play 
can be more effective in facilitating a small group? Yeah, I think that like, so thinking about last night, even the group that I saw at the campus that I was visiting was, um, you know, especially if you have like junior high boys and they're super antsy. Um, I, I'm a big fan of like, let's go, let's go play a game and go run them around for a little bit um, and get them tired, kind of get their energy out and then like sit down. And, like you'll, what you'll find is that they're one, they're building fun and stuff like that. And then you could sit down and they'll be a little bit more focused. I think that's a big strategy. It's a big win. Um, I think there's, I think food, like I, anytime that I ever, I let us group, um, especially if it was at like a home, if you, if you do small groups in home is I will gather all the parents, um, together of the kids in the group and I would create, um, like a meal schedule and I would literally, we would feed them every Wednesday. And like the first part of the serve or small group would be hang out, enjoy, eat. And then it, it kind of just one, it brought like the community part, like, um, like tenfold. And then it brought us into like the second part with like, we could actually like talk about all those things. I think that's anything that you could do, like set up the atmosphere the best as you can to allow conversation to happen. Um, I think is one of the most important things that I think even if you do it on, on a Wednesday night, like for us on the same, like at the campus, there's certain things you could do and how you set up and like what you do beforehand that sets up things really well. Um, in order to have like good conversation, like because atmosphere, I think sets that tone. Um, I think for leaders, I think um, learning like the first. I we always tell our leaders the first time you should be looking at the questions is not when we hand them to you on Wednesday night when we get there. When you get there, um, we hand them out like they're available. Just we have like a little Google website that we put all the questions up on for the entire series. So like we, we, the better you are prepared and know, like, you know, your group better than I do. So if I'm writing for the entire group, you have the ability and capability to rearrange questions because you know how your group is going to answer. And so I think as a small group leader to, to be as prepared as possible to read the passage that we're going to read that night, um, to, to adjust certain questions because you don't think that this question will get a, a response how you know if it was phrased differently um i think like giving our leaders the ability to do that um and for me to that just en encourages me then if i want them to read it early i need to be ahead of my game and get it out to them early um and so it just it creates a, just a better environment for leaders to be prepared um and to take it because the last thing you know i don't want them reading it the first when i hand it to them on wednesday nights when they get there um i think that allows you to facilitate your group better um, for you and for your group because you know your kids um, I'm thinking practical um, in the sense of um, yeah I mean we kind of talked about the silence thing I was going to mention that just because I think silence is a golden it's a tool in your tool belt that you could utilize um, I think one of the best things you could do especially if you have older and like the older groups think like juniors and seniors is give them the questions let them lead each other. Um, you still be there to kind of facilitate and kind of like spark it in the right directions. But when you give the ownership to some of the students, um, they they just go in the group. Like, I don't know, there seems to be a little bit more ownership in the discussion because now they're the ones leading it. Um, I don't know. Those are like the three that kind of rattled off the top of my head. Well, it's, it's kind of uh, kind of cool that you, you mentioned 
whereas the uh, the older crew actually leading. Uh, I think that I think it's a phenomenal idea. Even in my own ministry, we've kind of implemented it, some of that um, even here. Uh, so I totally agree with that. If it comes to specifically, if you can give teenagers and students more responsibility, give it to them and let them lead. Um, especially in the small group setting, I've, I've seen it time and time again that when the students are leading students, to me, it's almost more effective than a small group leader uh, leading students. I've seen more yep. impact with students leading students than an adult leading a student. Yep, I would say the same. Well, well Justin, um, if somebody wanted to get connected with you, uh, what is the best way to connect it with you? Also, in the, in the same sense, go ahead and talk a little bit about your podcast as well. I'll kind of snip that in there. Uh, but what's the best way to get in contact with you? For sure. Um, I am on Instagram, and Justin Knowles 3 would be my, my handle. Um, I stepped off Twitter, so I'm no longer on there. Um, but Facebook, I'm there. I'm, you know, I'm down. I, get to interact with people on there. Uh, I run the, the download use ministry community Facebook group. And so I'm always interacting with people on there. That's always a great way. Um, and then email is good too. So if there's anything on that end, like just Justin Knowles at sandalschurch.com. Um, and then we also, like you said, the podcast, it's called use ministry hacks all the, and all the platforms that you listen to podcasts. But um, me, and my friend Carl Romis, who uh, was at Bayside for a long time, um, and my friend Matthew Ferrer, who's a worship leader up in Portland, we all kind of get together and we just t- pick different topics and say, what are some hacks on this topic to help make ministry a little bit easier and more effective? Um, and it's been really fun. We've been doing that for, I think we're on like episode like 64 or something like that. Um, so it's been like a little over a year since we've been gone cause we do it like every other week. So it's almost two years. Shoot. Yeah. Two years. That's crazy. Um, and it's so much fun. Like it's, and we have like guests on there. Um, and, and most of the time it's just us three friends. It's really just three guys who are friends who get a chat about ministry. And this is our excuse to hang out via, via the internet. Cause we're all in different parts of the country. Um, and kind of keep in touch and all that stuff. And so you can find that. And we, there's a whole bunch of other shows um, on the pod. DYM has a podcast network, which is at podcast.downloaduseministry.com. Um, so either one of those ways, you can get connected and kind of see. If you want to follow our ministry, it's Sandals, Sandals Youth um, on Instagram. Um, a lot of fun things. And you can kind of see what all of our different campuses look like. Um, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where we're at. And I And I... I have to pitch this uh, to those of you who are listening. If you have not got connected with Download Youth Ministry, you are missing out. Yeah. Uh, highly, highly recommend getting connected with Download Youth Ministry. Great resources. Used it for, uh, actually used Download Youth Ministry to design a scope and sequence uh, every single year for lessons and series and did that for a few years. Uh, so highly, highly rec- recommend it. Many resources, games, you name it, it's there. Uh, so highly recommend and get connected with that. Yeah, it's, uh, what- it's incredible. And like last night we had our uh, uh, one of our campuses launch their midweek services. 
Um, and it's like one of our campuses that only meet, they meet at a school uh, on the weekend. And so we haven't been able to do a midweek service. And now finally we're able to get in there on Wednesday nights. And we use the Sidekick app from Download Youth Ministry um, because she doesn't have Pro Presenter. And so like the new feature on it, like has like a Pro Presenter like like feature on it. And so she's able to have all of her slides, all the video, um, all of like all the games in like one place that was acted like pro presenter in a place where she couldn't have it and you didn't need like internet. It was it was amazing. Anyways, free pitch for them. I was just I was just happy with it. It was the first time I used it and it was it was killer. Um, it did so good. That's one thing I still have not used yet is the sidekick app. Uh, oh man, so you're we, missing we, out. I know, I know. That's why people keep telling me. Uh, so I definitely need to try it out. Of course, we use ProPresenter in uh, our, our, our location. Um, so yeah, so I definitely need to check that out. And what's cool about that too, what I've been hearing is that you can even design your own games if you wanted to. You do that yep. ability yep. as well. It's so fun. Uh, well, Justin, I want to uh, thank you for just taking your time to come out on the podcast. I know you're nuts and busy, so I just thank you for uh, your time today. Yeah, I, I honestly thank you for having me on. Thank you for letting me be a part of your show. Uh, and I'm excited to continue to listen. Can I just say, if you are leading a small group, you have one of the most important jobs within the student ministry. I just want to encourage you to not give up. Uh, just leading a small group of guys or girls can be sometimes very daunting, sometimes very hard, especially sometimes when you got a bunch of hyperactive junior hires in your group who just won't stop talking. Okay, I understand. I had a even as a a, a youth pastor, I did. I have had to lead small groups almost every single year in my ministry context uh, because I just lack the amount of leaders. So I also had to have been having to lead a small group. And one of those age groups was junior hires. And I can remember uh, just struggling sometimes because uh, I had a few junior hires that just would not stop talking. Or I had uh, uh, senior hires uh, in small groups that I have this year is a bunch of senior high guys. Uh, some of them are growing, but I have some of them that just don't care. So I get it. Small group ministry, being a small group leader is hard. But I just want to encourage you that what you're doing is extremely valuable and extremely important. And you may not see the end of what's of your impact and maybe until years later or maybe you never will but you are making a difference so i'm very excited about our interview next week because i love this topic that we're going to be talking about next week and that's the topic of uh, innovation in youth ministry and what that looks like and why is that so important so we're going to, next week, we're going to be talking to TJ McConaughey specifically on this topic of innovation. So you definitely don't want to miss next week's episode.